Uh, so we're up to the Mishnah on Daf Membezim at Aleph. I'm going to read you the Mishnah. The way all the Mefarshim explain the Mishnah is how Rav and Shmuel understand the Mishnah. So we're going to read the Mishnah the way Rav and Shmuel says it, as the Gemara is going to explain. The Gemara is going to explain the potential of the Zemachlegis. But the standard way to understand the Mishnah is like Rav and Shmuel. So Mishnah says like this. Hamudar Hanamechavero, if I say my friend can't benefit from me, if I did this before Shemitah, so Erev Shemitah, I said to my friend, you're not allowed to benefit from me, indefinitely. Okay. The halacha is, you're not allowed to come into my field, because I forbade you. And not only could you not come into my field, if there's fruit of my field that's sticking out into the public area, so you're going to say, well, I'm not walking into your field, you still can't eat my fruit, because I assert everything from you. Now, that's incredibly posh Right? You're like, okay, I know this. So Rav and Shmuel explain, and this is the way all the Mepharshim explain the Mishnah, this is standard understanding of Mishnah. What this means is, even into Shemitah, you're not allowed to benefit. Meaning, if Erev Shemitah, I say, you're cut off, then not only are you cut off Erev Shemitah, you're cut off even into Shemitah. Now, I, on Shemitah, the fruit doesn't belong to me. This is the concept that a person could answer something while it's in, still in my domain, and that iser will continue in perpetuity even after it leaves my domain. Even after I'm after it. Wow. Correct. So that, that's the concept, that's the standard understanding of Rav and Shmuel. Because without Rav and Shmuel, as the, I, I know I'm saying Rav and Shmuel, without the Gemara's explanation of Rav and Shmuel, the Mishnah just means if you answer something before Shemitah, it's answer. I'm like, okay. So what, what it means is, and the way Rashi explains it is, afilu meaning even if it goes into Shemitah, the Iser continues. Fine. Now, what if you made the nether on Shemitah itself? So on Shemitah, on Shemitah, you Aser things. So the halacha is, if let's say on Shemitah itself, I said you're cut off from me, so you're not allowed to come into my field because it's still my field, but... You're allowed to eat fruit of mine that's sticking out into, into outside of my domain because on Shemitah, I don't own the fruit. So the neder regarding... By the way, there's regular coffee you should know, in the box up there. I smell hazelnut. You should just know there's a re- box you of regular coffee. I, wow, I yeah. believe I do. point is, you should just know there's a box. Anyway, so if on Shemitah you made a neder, the halacha is that the neder is in effect regarding your house, regarding your tools, regarding all other things except not food, because the food don't belong to you. So if you made the nether on Shemitah, you can eat the food. You, you just can't come into my domain to get it, but you can eat the food. Now, by the way, there is one question, and that is, why can't you come into my domain? Because, right, you want to eat my food on Shemitah when I asked it on Shemitah. That's fine, because on Shemitah doesn't belong to me. So basically, I was trying to ask for something I don't own. Oh, understood. But you can't come into my field to get the fruit. Why? Because I, I asked you for everything, including my field. The, the weird part about that is, let me, let me explain. If on Shemitah I say, you're cut off from me entirely, could you come and sleep on my couch? No, because I cut you off entirely. Now, could you eat my fruit? Yeah, because the fruit doesn't belong to me on Shemitah. It's ownerless, so I don't have the right to forbid it from you. Understood. Now, you'll have to get it not in my domain. So if it's in the public area or if it's on the street, you can get it fine. But you can't come into my field to get my apples. Because it's my field, I cut you off. The weird part about that is, is the Torah, when the Torah is mafkir the fruit, 
it also allows people to go into the field, right? Right. All of Shemitah, when the Torah says you can eat people's fruit, you're also allowed to enter their field to get said fruit. So the field is also ownerless. Now, not regarding making a tent, you can't live there, but you have the right, you have the access route into my field to get the fruit. The, the, the rights to enter are is ownerless, meaning, correct. So you, you don't have the right to linger. You have the right to walk in and access it and leave. You don't have the right to linger and stay. I Meaning you can't just pitch a tent and stay in my field, but you have the permission from the Torah to walk in and walk out. So you could already see the reason why you're not allowed to walk into my field is because we're afraid you might come to linger. I just wanted to point that out. We've already had this. This is Rav Shem ben Yaakim. We had this um, two days ago, I think. Yes, two days ago. So the Gemara, the Mishnah continues. If instead of asering everything from you, I just asser food, and let's say a year before Shemitah, I asser food in perpetuity, so then the halacha is, uh, before Shemitah, you're allowed to enter my field, because I never forbade the field, I forbade food. But you're not allowed to eat my food, even on Shemitah, because the Isser that started before continues on to Shemitah. But if you made the Shemitah on Shemitah, you could actually come into my field and eat it, because you cannot ask for food on Shemitah. If you make a nether about food, it doesn't take effect. What's the, what's the second half of the Instead of asering all benefit, you just asked food. So before Shemitah, it has the same halachas, but on Shemitah, if all I asked was food, the nether is nothing. The nether is meaningless because I don't have the right to ask food, uh, the fruits, because it's not my fruit on Shemitah. Okay, so what you have over here is a simple explanation of the Mishnah is that if I asked my, my possessions, you're not allowed to benefit from me, and I do that before Shemitah, then the Isser stands even into Shemitah, even though on Shemitah it's ownerless. I have the rights to forbid something before, while it's still in my domain, and that Isser will continue when it's past my domain. Okay. That's the way Rav and Shmuel Gemara says. The Rav and Shmuel Darmitavayu. Rav and Shmuel explain the Mishnah as how I said it, which is, Nechasim elu alecha. Let's say I say, my Nechasim elu, these Nechasim. I point to my house. I point to my property. I say, Nechasim elu alecha. You're not allowed to benefit from these Nechasim. So the halacha is, Lefnei Shviyas, if I did it before Shemitah, so, Ein yoril techsadeyu. So if I ask her my, this is very simple. If I say my domain is off limits for you, before Shemitah, you can't enter my house. You can't eat my fruit if it's sticking out of my domain. And even if Shviyas, even once Shemitah happens, it's still Aser. Because Rabin Shmuel is the basic understanding of our Mishnah, which is that if you're cut off, it'll continue into Shemitah, even though during Shemitah the fruit doesn't belong to you anymore. You have the right to, uh, to forbid something while it's still in your domain, and it will continue even after it leaves your domain. The mechanism, how that work? It's very hard. It's very interesting. It, 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 it's how it works in Lumdis is very tricky. I, I've, I've had a very hard time. It just shows you that even when it leaves, it's still somehow bound by the first owner. Because you're right. The simple explanation is that once you make something ownerless, it, it leaves. The answer is even then, it's still somehow bound to you in some some ways. It's interesting. What if you sell it and don't make it sweet, it so that's what we're going to talk about in the Gemara: sales and 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 Yerusha and all that stuff. Doesn't Shemitah trump everything? Correct. So the answer is, while it's still ownerless, if you forbade it before, the Torah allows you to, you have the right at the time to make your words count, and it'll continue even after it's ownerless. Again, the mechanism and the lumdas for how this is working is, is, is very hard to understand, to be honest with you. But that's, that's the way Rav and Shmuel understand it. Afal pi shegi 
that the Isser continues even once you reach Shemitah because it's still going to be Aser. Now, now, if let's say instead of making the nether before Shemitah, you made the nether on Shemitah, so on Shemitah it's not yours anymore. So you can't make the nether when it's no longer yours. So then, that he can't go into your field, as we'll see in the Gemara, because we're afraid he might come to linger, but he could eat fruit that's outside of your field because he doesn't have the right to make a nether when it doesn't belong to you anymore. Fine. That's Robin Shmuel's take, which is the simple explanation, which is, again, that if you ask us something before, it'll continue once it leaves your domain, yeah? You're making a claim on... You know that it's going to... That Shemitah's coming, correct? Yeah. It's not going to be yours, correct? You're correct. You're claims that are sending up in a manner that... Correct. I tell you, it, 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 evidently it works. The mechanism, I'm, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to understand exactly how it works. That's part of ownership. Part of ownership is that you have the right to make decisions as long as it's in your domain, and that will continue. I don't know, it's, it's hard to understand. But that's Rav and Shmuel. Rav Yoichan Rish Lakish seem to say not like that. They say, If you say, my nechassim are also for you. Now, by the way, just notice, it's not exactly the same Lashen as Rav and Shmuel said. Rav and Shmuel said, these, this is nechasai, my nechasim are aser to you, okay. But he said, so if someone says, my nechasim are aser, lifnei shviyas, if someone said it before Shemitah, ein yor you can't go into his field, ein notice, fine, so far so good. But higia shviyas, but once Shemitah happens, ein yor notice. You're allowed to eat the fruit. Meaning, Rav Yochanan and Rishlakish, the simple explanation is they believe that you do not have the right to ask for something before when it's in your domain and it'll continue once it leaves your domain. They don't believe in that. So according to Rav, Rav Yochanan and Rishlakish, they say that if you ask for fruit during Shemitah, uh, before Shemitah, the second Shemitah happens, you can eat the fruit. They seem to be an argument. The simple explanation is, it's a machlegis, Rav and Shmuel, Rav Yochan Rish Lakish, as to whether a person has the right to ask for something before Shemitah and have it continue into Shemitah. It seems to be the machlegis. Now, by the way, according to Rav Yochan Rish Lakish, the Mishnah would actually not be talking about this case. The Mishnah would just be saying, if you ask for something before Shemitah, it's also before Shemitah, not on Shemitah. The Shemitah is actually incredibly simple. Correct. So, so, no, this is a general rule. So Rav and Shmuel feel that it continues past your domain. Rav Yechon Rishlakish feels it doesn't. Now, it resumes after Shemitah? No, no. Once it's Shemitah, it's out. Now, the Gemara feels right now that this is a very broad machlekes. That they're not just arguing about Shemitah, they're arguing about Yerusha, right? Let's say I say, you're cut off from me, right? My son's cut off from me. And then the person dies. Does the son get it? Well, it's, it's now left his domain. Yeah, but, but according to Rav and Shmuel, it should be able to continue in perpetuity. According to Rav Yechon Rish Lakish, not. And the Gemara seems to say that this is a broader machlegis. The Gemara speaks it out. What you have over here is a machlegis, Rav Yechonon, Rav and Shmuel on one side, Rav Yechon Rish Lakish on the other. To Rav Shmuel Savri, Rav Shmuel holds, Adam Oser Davishab Rishusai, Afilakashayetzim Rishusai. The Rav and Shmuel feel that a person could asser something and that Isser will continue even after it leaves his domain. And Rav Yechon Rish Lakish Savri, that's not a possibility. That seems to be the machlegas. Now, here's the problem. Okay, fair. They could argue about that. That's not a problem at all. Here's the thing, though. If you notice, Rav Yochan Rishlakish, this is a tiny detail of a shayla. It's a nuance of a shayla, but it's something. Rav Yochan Rishlakish specifically po- talked about the case where a person before Shemitah says, Nechasai. 
There's two different ways that you could answer something. I could point to the house and I say, or I could say, my house. Now, if you want to extend the Isser when it leaves your domain, you don't say because you see, implies that it's only Isser when it's my house. So, Rav Yochan Rish Lakish, you're telling me, feel that in general, the Isser never extends past the end of their ownership. So, why do they have to say Nechasai? They could have said a bigger Chedesh. Meaning, if Rav Yochan Rish Lakish have an argument in all situations, Kola whether a person has the ability to extend an Isser past the end of their ownership, then why do they have to say Nechasai? See, Nechasai is not such a bechidish, because I could hear Rav Yochan Rish Lakish saying that, right? You're Rav Yochan Rish Lakish, you tell me this. You say that a person doesn't have the right. What's the case that you're talking about? Nechasai. I'd be like, yeah, because Nechasai, Nechasai means it's my domain, my, my things. Well, once it leaves, once it's no longer Nechasai, the Isser stops. If you guys were really confident about your opinion, you would say Nechasim Elu. Because nichasai doesn't necessarily imply your shita is applicable to kol kula. I could argue that generally, Rav Yechon Rish maybe you guys would say that the Isser would extend even past the ownership. But over here, the reason why it doesn't is because you said nichasai. Nichasai means as long as it's considered my nichasim, it's Usr. The second it's no longer my nichasim, the Isser poof goes away. So maybe Rav Yechon Rish meaning if they're so confident about their shita and they try to extend it to kol kula, then they, they use the wrong Lashen. Because Nechasai, because I could argue that really, maybe, it generally does extend past, but the reason why it doesn't in this case is because you specifically said the word Nechasai. You said Basi. Right? You said my house. So as long as it's not your house, oh, the issue doesn't go. But... Yeah, because that's a bigger chid. Uh, yeah, because that's a bigger chid. Uh, oh, yeah, fine. That's fair. That would be a good point also. Yes, by the way, Gavin's actually making a very good point, which the Gemara does not make, which the end of the Gemara will answer. Rav and Shmuel, you could also ask the exact same thing, the opposite, which is that if they wanted to say a beggar chiddush, they should say nechasai. Meaning what you have over here is interesting. Rav and Shmuel said nechasim, Rav Yochan Rishlaka said nechasai, and we just glossed over it. But if you actually look at it, it, it should be reversed. Because if Rav Yochanan and Rishlakish feel that the Isser always extends, it never extends in perpetuity ever, then they should say Nechasim. But they said Nechasai, which is not so clear. And Rav and Shmuel feel that it always does, then they should say Nechasai, which is a bigger Chiddush. But the Gemara is going back to Rav Yochanan and Rishlakish. The Gemara says, Vitizbra, uh, I'm sorry. Um, if Rav Yochan and Rishlakish really feel this way, that the Isser does not extend, then then say because that's a bigger Chiddush. Because again, Nechasai implies that you're only intending to Aser it as long as it's considered yours. But the second it's no longer yours, you don't intend to Aser it. Not that you can't, but that you don't intend to. If Rav Yochan and Rishlakish really were confident about their opinion, they should say Nechasim. That's question number one. Question number two, which is that just they, they're picking the wrong, they, they could have done a bigger finish. Question number two is, another question, question number two is just broader. You're telling me that Rav and Shmuel feel that the person has the right to extend an Isser when it leaves your domain? Rav Yechon feel you do not. Just in general, you don't have the ability to do so. The problem is there's a Mishnah which says you do. So you're telling me Rav Yechon Rishlakish feel that you don't have the ability to do so. There's a clear Mishnah that says not like that. What's the Mishnah? Ditanan. Ha'omer livno konem shata nenali. 
A person says to his son, uh, you're not benefiting from me, you're cut off. You're cut out, out of the Yerusha. I don't, I'm not, I, you're not, not out of the Yerusha. You're, you're, cut, you're dead to me. We're done. So what's the halacha? Meisirshenu. If he dies, the son is able to inherit because the assumption is that he only intended to Aser when he was alive. But if he says, of Ubamoso, if he says, you're dead to me now and you're out of the will, that's it. So what's the halacha? Go to the next page. Shenu. You don't have the, he, he does, he's cut out of the will. So wait, wait a minute. You see that a person has the right to extend past, because the second he dies, you should say, I don't care what he said. It's out of his domain anymore. So you see a person has the right to extend an iser past his, after it's in his domain. So how could Rabbi Yechon argue with this mission? So the Gemara says, that's not a kasha. Over there, he clearly said it. Over there, he said, you're out of my will. But in a case where he just said, or nichasai, eh, it's not such a raya. Meaning, Rav Yechon Rish are not just arguing about whether a person has the rights, it's also whether a person intends to do so. You bring a raya like, oh, this Mishnah clearly says he does. Well, what's the case? The guy said, you're cut out of my will. He clearly said, you're cut out of my will. So therefore, it could be over there where he's incredibly clear about it, then then we're, we're okay with it. Correct, but... True, but it could be that it's not necessarily that he didn't. I don't know, it's just an omission, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, well, the, the, the Gemara's answer is going to answer all this. So the Gemara says that over there it's not, it's not exactly a great proof. Because if you look at the second Rashi, over there he clearly cut the kid out of the will. But when Rabbi are not just arguing in whether it's ability, they're also arguing if a person just says, you're dead to me. Do they mean to extend that? Maybe a person doesn't aser past when it leaves the domain. So the Gemara says like this. So that's not a good proof, but we're back to the original question, which is, if you're telling me that Rav Yechon Rish have a rule that a person does not aser when it leaves the domain, then why do they say nechasim? They should say nechasai. Because, I'm sorry, why do they say nechasai? They should say nechasim. Because nechasai implies that the reason why it doesn't extend is because you just said nechasai. Nechasai implies in the diktuk of Hebrew is that I only mean to aser it as long as it's nechasai. When it's no longer nechasai, I don't mean to aser it. So that's not, that's not a bigger chiddush. They should say nechasim elu. And even when nechasim, which extends, which seemingly would extend, still it doesn't. If Rav Yechon Rish Lakish are really confident about their opinion that it doesn't extend past the end of uh, ownership, they should say nechasim. That's the question. So the Gemara says, okay, Ela nechasim elu, let's change it. If you say the word nechasim, everyone agrees that the Isser extends because nechasim, meaning changing it. Rav Yechon Rish Lakish, Rav and Shmuel all agree that a person has the ability to Aser it. And you're arguing, now the question is, what is their intention in general? So it depends. If they say the word nechasim, it's aser forever. Because nechasim means these things are aser. So these things are aser forever. The homach is nechasai. Where you said nechasai, meaning, Rav Shmuel savri loisha nechasim elu loisha nechasai adam oiser. Rav Shmuel, meaning now the machlaikis is very simple. It's what's a person's intention. Everyone has the right to aser it past their domain. The only shaila is when a person says nechasai, I'll just say it in English. A person said, I say to you, you, you can't enter my house, my house. The question is, I sold it. Can you still go in? Or uh, I died and it goes to Yerusha. Can you enter the house? So this is just a machlekes Rav and Shmuel and Rav Yechon Rish Lakish, which is, if you would have said, 
If I say to you, you're dead, you can't enter this house. You never can enter this house. That's according to everybody. The machlekes is, I said you can't enter my house. What's my intention? Do I mean the building and it's also in perpetuity? Or do I say, no, I, I just meant my house as long as it's mine. The second it's no longer mine. So it's a machlekes is pure intention in the word nechasai. Correct. So that then it should be. Well, no, they, I, but you probably have to reiterate the the shayla. But yes, meaning right now it's a very limited machloikas, and it's limited to the word nechasai. So well, gem- even, even if somebody says this house, what gives you the right to do that after you sell it? I, yeah, I so thought the mechanisms. I still in, in lumdis, it just shows you that that's part of the bylus. Part of bylus is that you have the right to l- listen. Uh, if a person, you could do irreparable damage to a building, right? When you're the owner. You could do something that will have long-term effects. Right? You flood the basement and you do it on purpose, or not flood, whatever. You do something on purpose that will ruin the structure, and it could do lasting effects. Well, who gives you the right? The answer is, I have the right. That's part of ownership. Part of the ownership means I can do whatever I want right now. Even it'll have physical effects. So too, I guess, in the Darim, you have the rights as an owner to have lasting effects with your words. I, I guess that's part of bylaws. That's part of ownership is you have that right. It's my house. I could do what I want. I have the ability to do things that will have lasting effect. I guess that's what you say in Lambdas. You not, not to sell this to a Jew in the deed of a house. So there's a... Yeah, yeah. I guess it's, it's, so, so right now we're saying that you definitely have the right. Again, the Lambdas will put it aside, but that's... The Machlekes is... Nechasai. Rabin Shmuel Sabri Loishna Nechasamei Loishna Nechasai Adam Oyser. Rabin Shmuel feel that the words, it doesn't matter whether you said Nechasim, whether you said Nechasai, everyone agrees you intend to answer it forever. Rav Yechon Shlagish Sabri, Nechasim Adam Oyser. Nechasai in Adam Oyser. And Rav Yechon Shlagish say, no, the word Nechasai means that you only intend to answer it while you're the owner. So it's purely a, a machlekes as to what you mean when you say Nechasai. But according to Rabin Shmuel, there's no distinction between Nechasai and Nechasim. Here's the problem. Yes, there is. There is a Mishnah that clearly differentiates between Nechasim and Nechasai. The Mishnah says, because right now we're saying, according to Rav and Shmuel, it doesn't matter whether you said Nechasai, it's going to be also forever. Nechasim, it's also forever. There's no distinction. The problem is there's a clear Mishnah. The Mishnah says, If I say, I will never enter your home, like Nechasai, I'll never enter your home. Or If I say I'm never going to enter your field, So If the person dies or it's sold, it's mutter because I said your house. It's no longer your house. So you see, by the way, the Mishnah already says Nechasai or It does not extend. But then the Mishnah says. Then you say bias, bias, it does extend. So you're telling me right now, Rav Yochanan feels that it's always one way. Rav and Shmuel feels there's always another way, and there's no middle ground. The Mishnah says there's a middle ground. So you know what the answer is? It's the most, it's the easiest answer. The answer is there's no machlegas. And what's the answer? Does a person mean to assert when it passes, when it's no longer your ownership? The answer is, it depends. If you said Nechasai, no. If you said Nechasim, yes. Rav and Shmuel, if you go back, the diktuk is perfect. Right. Rav and Shmuel said, if you said Nechasim, it's Aser. So we thought, it's a broader, no, 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 Nechasim. Everyone agrees to that. Rav Yochan Rishlokish said, if you said Nechasai, it doesn't Aser. Also perfect. There's no Machlaikas. 
Everyone's in agreement. If you say nechasai, it doesn't extend. Nechasim, it does. Rabin Shmuel was saying one halacha, Rav Yechon was saying another halacha, and they don't argue. They're just explaining. They're just two different Rabbanim saying the two different uh, uh, facts, and it just, we thought it was a mach- It's not a machalikas at all. So, so too, by the way, when it comes to Shemitah, if you ask her before Shemitah, will it extend to Shemitah? It just depends on what you said. If you said, Sodezu, it will. If you said, Sodai, then it won't. That's it. Simple. Okay. Uh, one more quick fact, and then we'll get to the Mishnah. We'll see. Maybe we'll do the Mishnah. Maybe not. Um, maybe we'll save the Mishnah for tomorrow. One more quick halacha, and that is, uh, it's something I spoke at before, but if, let's say, before Shemitah, uh, before Shemitah, I... The Mishnah said like this, So the halacha was that if I ask her something on Shemitah, I ask her, you're, you're cut off from me. Everything. On Shemitah. So the halacha is, you can't benefit from any of my properties, but you could eat my food. So how are you going to eat my food? When it's sticking out. I don't know. Could you walk into my field to get the fruit? No. So the Gemara says, Why are you allowed to eat the fruit? Because the Torah says the fruit is hefker, so you can't answer something that's not yours. So the halach is aranami afkere. The Torah also forbade, the Torah also was mafker the, the, the fields in regards to allowing entry, which is also interesting. It's like a half hefker. On, Sh- on Shemitah, right? The Torah says all the fruit is hefker. Can I enter your, can I go into your house and make a chicken sandwich on Shemitah? Why not? Because it's still your house. Can I enter your field to get the pomegranates? Yeah. Why? Because the, when the Torah says you're allowed to eat the pomegranates, it has to also allow excess or else it's not real hefker. So if, if you're allowed to enter the field, so why in this case, why in the Mishnah does it say very clearly you can eat the guy's fruit, but you can't enter his field? Why can't I enter the field? No, no, it says the field. I can't enter the field to get to the fruit. I can only eat the fruit in the Mishnah if the fruit is extending outside of his property. I can't enter his field to get to his fruit. But why not? If you're allowed to eat the apples, because the Torah says the apples are not his, he can't forbid it from you. You can eat the apples. Can I walk into his field to get the apples? No. By the way, everyone else is walking in, right? It's Shemitah. Everybody's walking into this field. You can't. What's the difference? You can't benefit from his property. I'm doing the same thing as everybody else. Access into his field is not considered benefit. That's a problem. So why can't I do it? So there's two answers. So the Gemara says, Ula says the cases where the, the apples are extending outside of his field. So because you could do it outside of his field, there is no reason for you to access it. So by you accessing it, that's more of a personal thing. Meaning, when the Torah allows you access to people's fields, it's not that the Torah says it's not their field. It's the Torah says, if you need to get to their fruit, you're allowed access. In this case of the Mishnah, the fruit is sticking outside of the field. You don't have to walk in. You're choosing to walk in. Only to get to the fruit. And it's hefker. No, but, but correct. So you you can't. But you can't. No, but but you. But if the Torah doesn't allow access to the fields, then it's not hefker. What does it mean that he, I, he has an apple orchard in his backyard and it's all hefker, but no one can walk in? Okay. So the part of being mafki the Paris is you allow access. But that's the point. That's the point of the Gemara. It's not hefker. It's not open. If I can get to your apples without walking in, you don't have the right to walk in. So the case of the Mishnah where I'm not allowed to walk in is where I can get the apples without going in. So by you walking in, that's purely selfishly you want to walk into this field. You don't have the right. 
Oh, well, yeah, of course not, because you can't just pitch a tent, right? So it's it's like a weird hefker. It's it's hefker in the rights to get to the apples, but it's not. It's still his field. And, uh, Mazikin, if I fall over someone in your yeah, field, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I have to check that up. Yeah, I have to check that up. I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, let's just do one more Gemara and then, and then we'll stop. Uh, Rav Shimon Yakim says, Rav Shimon Yakim says, the reason why you're not allowed to walk into this field is very simple. It, 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 we're afraid that you'll, you'll, uh, you'll linger. You, you can't stay in the field longer than necessary. So technically, yes, you could walk into the field on a, practi- on a technical basis. You could walk into the field and get the fruit. But if you stay any longer, that's considered benefiting from the field. That, that's not... Hefker from the Torah, and that's going to be breaking the halacha of benefiting, breaking the neder of benefiting from his property. Just one second.